Ciao. You're listening to EdUp Insights, where you'll get my take on higher education. I'm Bill Pepicello, former University of Phoenix president and higher ed vagabond. So let's get started. Today, I'm a little grumpy. So let me tell you why. When we talked about return on investment, one of the items we discussed was the federal legislation known as gainful employment. And gainful employment has come up again recently in, uh, in several studies and it's being looked at again by the feds. So I wanna just sort of start um, from the beginning and let's look at gainful employment, which uh, is supposed to uh, give us some kind of a take on return on investment of higher education. Now, the proposed definition originally of gainful employment, which came up through 2011, 2014, and in, in, in that era, um, was, primarily based on two measures, a repayment rate, uh, which is the percentage of outstanding principal on federal loans, and the relationship between median student debt uh, and average earnings after the completion of their programs. Now, I don't know what that was supposed to mean, but I can tell you what it was that made a program fully el eligible. A program was fully eligible if, Number one, the repayment rate federal loan is at least 45%, or if students who completed the program have a debt to earnings ratio of less than 20% of discretionary income or less than 8% of total income. Now institutions would be required to provide warnings to students for any eligible program that did not pass. Now, a program would be ineligible if the repayment rate is less than 35% and students who completed the program have a debt to earnings ratio above 30% of discretionary income and 12% of total income. An ineligible program could not offer federal student aid to new students. Okay, now, if you followed that, uh, you're better than I am because I clearly was, uh, was reading most of that. But here's what we need to ask ourselves. First of all, where did these numbers and ratios come from? And I wanna tell you that my guess is it came from a smoke-filled room somewhere with some folks who knew something about ratios and picked some numbers and put them together. But I would be uh, hard pressed to say that these have any great basis in reality. Second of all, we need to understand that gainful employment was meant to apply primarily to for-profit institutions and was aimed at being a punishment um, for these institutions. Similar programs to those that were looked at in for-profits at not-for-profit schools were not considered because they were not considered vocational. Now, I don't know what the difference is if two programs have the same curriculum and the same desired outcomes, um, and one is thought to be vocational and one is not. In any event, after the gainful employment regulation was applied, many programs failed at for-profit institutions. 
not too many failed at not-for-profit institutions because it didn't look at very many at not-for-profit institutions. And to be clear, the programs that failed, failed mathematical ratio tests. They did not fail on quality. Oh, what? You mean if someone was turning out quality people in a certain area at a for-profit institution, they would be uh, denied to continue to do that simply because of uh, numbers? Well, what about choice? What if students wanted to go to that institution, wanted to go into that profession, and made the choice knowing that they weren't going to make as much money if they went other places? Well, that was interesting. Um, and when the original legislation was proposed, there was a Q&A done <clears throat> with, the, uh, with the feds. And the following question was asked. It was question number 27. The question is, for programs at nonprofit and public institutions, would the impact be similar to be predicted uh, for the effect on for-profit programs? In other words, they asked, if we tested not-for-profits, would we see the same kind of results as we did at for-profits? Here's the answer, and I'm going to read this. No, few nonprofit and public institutions currently have loan repayment rates and student debt levels of the type that would violate the gainful employment standard. Okay, and there's go, it goes on, but that answer would uh, garner a whole dozen Pinocchios if we, were, uh, if we were judging it by today's standards. Or we might simply say, liars. Okay, so now we have uh, Congress trying to uh, sort of revamp, relook at gainful employment. And there are a couple of things that we need to, uh, to take into account as we, as we look at some of the, uh, uh, the proposals coming forward in uh, negotiated rulemaking. One is that the new gainful employment anticipate, anticipates possibly comparing the, uh, the outcomes of some post-secondary programs with high school graduates, graduates. That is, do you make more money if you graduate from high school or if you graduate from a program that you choose to go to. And I don't know uh, all of the details of this, but it seems to me that that's a red herring. High school graduates make choices about how to follow their careers just the same way as college students do. And I think that um, going in that direction is, is not really, um, going to be very productive. Now, interestingly, uh, a study was done by the Texas Public Policy uh, Commission. I think that's their name. Um, in any event, it's a, a public not-for-profit institution that looks at higher education uh, issues. And one of the things that they looked at was the 
the previous gainful employment uh, regulation and how that regulation might be reviewed, revised, um, and simply just analyzed in terms of what's going on in higher education today. And as they looked at um, some of the discussions that were going on within the last year or so, they found out some interesting stuff. Uh, first of all, there are still a number of people in Washington who want to collectively punish the entire for-profit sector. Um, some scholars at Brookings Institution, we all know Brookings, argue that, quote, there is enough evidence of poor performance in the for-profit sector to justify removing the entire sector from federal funds eligibility, end quote. Whoa, you know, it, it, it would be interesting to see what data and what evidence there is and how they define poor performance. Again, I would want to ask if we're looking at quality issues or are we looking at mathematical ratio uh, problems here. Now, we need to also ask what fields are being affected here? That is to say that we know that in certain fields, graduates of programs, regardless of where they take them, don't make as much money as they do in others. And so the mathematical ratio, if you're using that to interpret uh, return on investment, isn't going to look as robust. Now, if we look at the, the uh, for-profit programs that failed gainful employment, many of them were in the following areas, health and medical assistance, health and medical administration, culinary arts, and cosmetology, uh, oh, and design arts. And again, we'd have to ask if students choose to go into these fields, should those fields and the programs that service those fields be punished on the basis of a mathematical ratio. Now, secondly, the study showed, and I mentioned this earlier, that almost all of the failing programs in the original gainful employment regulation were at for-profit institutions. Now, that led many to believe that the problem was with for-profit higher education. But the main reason that all those programs were at for-profit institutions was that almost no not-for-profit institutions were looked at. Now, when the original um, results came out in about 2017 for the original gainful employment, a number of us at for-profit institutions took the mathematical ratios and applied them across the board. Uh, for our own purposes, because we had to defend ourselves. And lo and behold, we discovered that there were many not-for-profit institutions, community colleges, public colleges, and privates who had many programs that did not pass the gainful employment mathematical ratio. So the uh, 
the Texas Public Policy Foundation did its own study and it took a, uh, a ratio, mathematical ratio, very similar to uh, the original gainful employment and applied it at many institutions, um, both for-profit and not-for-profit to see how many programs there were that would or would not meet the gainful employment uh, ratio. And lo and behold, what they found was very interesting. They found that if you, uh, if you put all of the programs that were uh, in peril because of gainful employment on a level playing field, <clears throat> excuse me, that is to say, if we looked at them across the whole uh, environment of higher education, in fact, for-profits were not the worst performing sector. Oh, what about that? They found that about 10% of the failures came from for-profit uh, institutions, while about 14% came from private not-for-profit institutions. Now, of course, this is not surprising to those of us who, who lived through the, the original uh, gainful employment regulation, but it is interesting that someone who has no real dog in the fight um, as to the, the validity of gainful employment, went, took the time and did the analysis to see whether or not on a level playing field, things came out the way that uh, the feds led us to believe was the case with uh, the original gainful employment. So where are we going with this? Well, here's the deal. As Congress goes forward, looking at revising, um, re-implementing gainful employment, there are a few things that we need to urge them to keep in mind. One is they need to look not at institutions, but at programs. It does not matter where a program sits, whether it's in a for-profit or not-for-profit, whether it's in a community college or public or private not-for-profit. We need to look at those programs and we need to look at quality, not just how these programs perform on a mathematical ratio. And secondly, when we look at all types of institutions, we then need to determine what, if any, remedy needs to be applied in cases where uh, students graduate from programs where they are not going to make as much money as they would have in other programs, maybe not even as much as a high school graduate, but it's their choice to be trained in the field that they choose. Now that's, I realize makes no sense. You wouldn't want people to actually follow their passion um, or try to make a career in, in an area that they love. But uh, I think probably I've said enough about this for right now, but there, these are the, the areas that we need to keep in mind going forward with, uh, with gainful employment. Uh, so I'm going to stop my rant there um, 
and ask you to think about it. Um, if you go to the, the website of uh, Texas Public Policy Foundation, you can find the report that I was talking about and, and just read it. It's not very long. Um, it's, it's concise and clear, and uh, hopefully it will give you a little more perspective on gainful employment, return on investment, and the issue of quality versus numbers. So with that, I'm out of here, and we'll invite you to stay tuned for the next exciting episode. Ciao.